Uh, happy Monday. And good evening, everybody. Happy MLK Day. Welcome to the latest edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with former NBA players, Derek Gerber and Paul Mokeski. I'm to you on a Monday evening. Hope everybody's had a um, fantastic uh, day. Welcome to all our viewers out there. Welcome to everybody from the Believe.com radio network with this show and all our past shows at the Believe.com radio network, B-L-E-A-V.com. What's up, guys? What's up, hey, man? Hey. Happy MLK hey. Day to everybody out there. Hey, man, we got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, NFL football is going on right now, Bucks and Cowboys. Uh, <clears throat> Super wild card weekend is going on. NBA, man, we're getting right up to the halfway point of the uh, season. Big Mo, I know you got to talk about your special weekend going back to KU and, and with all the uh, all-time greats there. But uh, let's start off with a, with a little NFL action and just your overall thoughts on what went down this weekend. Uh, we'll start with you, D. Well, the games that I saw, they were all, they were fantastic. But I, I was keeping up with all the games. Um, and they've been exciting. I mean, we didn't have any upsets uh, this week. My team was almost the uh, upset, of course, the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> <laughs> but but, but thank, thanks to a little help, they, they found a way to prevail. Uh, all the games have been great. Uh, the one I was most interested in was Jacksonville. I mean, I'm sorry was the Ravens. I wanted to see the Ravens-Bengals. I thought that would be a very interesting game because um, I believe in the, the Bengals, but I also thought that the Ravens were capable of upsetting them. And it was kind of sad to see Lamar uh, not play. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But, um, I mean, overall, it's been exciting. NFL lives on. Hey, but, 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 well, go ahead, Mo, because I, I do want to talk about that game a little bit more. But just your overall thoughts on what you saw this weekend and uh, your impressions, Mo. Well, I think just like any year, upsets happen. And I think Miami was there to upset Buffalo, but their inexperience as players and as a coach, as coaching staff, really showed to me at the end, and they just couldn't pull it off. And, you know, you can, like during the regular season, you can do that against some teams, but now you're in what the top, 12 teams or whatever they are, you know, you can't, you can't do that against Buffalo's or San Francisco's or Cincinnati, any of those teams. And I think that, that really stood out to me how Miami kind of let that game get away uh, unnecessarily. Hey, Paul, they play with no, uh, no urgency, man. You see how long it was taking them to get started. They play. It was ridiculous, man. That, that's coaching. Oh, boy, it was sad. That part alone. I was happy to see it, but <laughs> my, my team was there to be had. So I was glad I was glad to see Miami keep them in it. And you know what's sad? People all over the country are going, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you so lackadaisical? <laughs> they were the better team. They they outplayed Buffalo. I mean, it makes you want to look at the clock. I mean, are they leading? Am I looking at the score wrong? Are they trying to milk the car? And I thought I thought Baltimore did that going down the stretch of that game uh, last night. They left a lot of time on the clock. In fact, they ended the game uh, with one timeout left and took one more only because the clock was about to run down in in that game with uh, with with Cincinnati. But but you know, hey Rick, you know what else? You know what else stuck out to me is. There's so many times when it was like third and two or five or one or four, and uh, teams can't tackle people with that with that rugby rule or whatever where you can push people, you know, across. Uh, it ha how many? It happened all the time. And we need to stop here, and we can have stopped three feet behind behind the first uh, first down uh, marker, but then we can't bring them down, and they just get across there and, and, and yeah. tackling. Tackling's it looks like a rugby good. game. It looks like a yeah. rugby game. Yeah, but tackling's not very good. I mean, there aren't, you know, it's, that's that stuck out to me. Yeah, uh, hey, just an update. Dallas just scored again. Uh, Dak ran it in from about three or four yards out. 
but they missed the extra point. I just told you. 12-0 Dallas. <laughs> what did I say? Four minutes. <laughs> they, they missed I'm telling you, hasn't that guy struggled all year? Isn't yeah. That, and he struggled last year. What are you doing? I know this, you like the guy, and he's been really great, but not anymore. Come on, man. This is how you blow leads, Ricky. See, you have a chance yeah. to step on the team's neck, and then you miss two kicks, not one. But two, are you serious? And then you end up losing the game by one or two points, and you wonder why. And also, not only the points, the momentum. You know, you score yeah, a touchdown. Yeah, I'm when you miss the kick, you step on their neck, and then you do yeah. something silly, a simple yeah. kick, yeah. and you keep them in the game. You keep their confidence up. Yeah. Hey, like uh, San Diego, uh, San Diego, the Chargers last night, uh, not last night, I, I think that was Saturday night, uh, Trevor Lawrence throws four interceptions in the first half. They are unable to really put them away because a couple of times they only got field goals off the off their turnovers. So it's twenty-seven-seven, and the Chargers, uh, 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 Jacksonville scored right behind ha at halftime to make it twenty-seven-seven. It looked like they were getting blown away, but they were actually still kind of in it. And, and the Chargers didn't get anything done yeah. in the second half. Did it remind you of Fitzpatrick, Fitzmagic and his team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they come back and win the game. Uh, a lot of controversy there over some uh, some bad calls from the officiating. That's another thing we got to get to. Uh, <laughs> Ricky, uh, I said Fitzpatrick. You know who I meant, right? Uh, Matt, uh, Matt Ryan. What about Atlanta blowing it? Did they remind you kind oh, of? Oh, you talking about? Uh, oh, yeah. When they were yeah, right when they blew that lead, it's the same thing. A team you should be putting them away at the end, going into halftime, and you give them life. Well, actually, I that next day I saw a meme of a of a Charger helmet with a Falcons <laughs> wing on it. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I mean, the internet's just just terrible uh, these days. But one kind of serious topic to me, because you guys have been in professional sports locker rooms, and uh, Michael Vick, uh, former NFL player, was critical of Lamar Jackson for deciding not to play in the wild card game against Cincinnati, where they, you, you think a healthy Lamar Jackson out there, they probably win that game the way it went down last night. But he was critical. He said, hey, put a brace on it, strap it up, and get out there. Your, your thoughts on, on Vic making that comment about his injury status. Where, what's the, and, and, and what's the line on that where you as, as, as players say, hey, this guy's hurt or this guy's not doing what he needs to get back out. Uh, Star with Gmo. Well, there's two things. Um, everybody in every sport is hurting at this time of year and, and during the year, football even more than basketball, but everybody's hurting. And there's a difference between uh, being hurt and being injured. Everyone is hurt. Everyone has some part of their body that's hurting. And there's a difference between that and injury. And the difference is, uh, will I will I damage myself for the rest of my career if I play, uh, which can happen anyway. Uh, but those those days are gone. I mean, you know, the days of I mean, I'm not gonna, when I was a rookie in Houston, we're, uh, I, you know, I saw a player get shot up in his ankle. His ankle was this big and, you know, to play in a playoff game. And I've been shot up before a game to play in a playoff game. And you know, but that was, you know, if you can play, you get out there and play. But that's not the that's not the times anymore. And that's not the players mentality, at least most of them anymore. And, you know, maybe rightfully so. Maybe that's why I've had four foot surgeries and four knee surgeries and a new hip. And, you know, maybe that's part of it. But that was just the mentality back then. If you can help your team win, you're going to get out there and help your team win. Part of that is a mentality of players and a lot. And a part of it is money. There's so much money on the line now. If you go out there and, and risk further injury, then uh, you might cost yourself years, which is you know tens of millions of dollars. So I think it's a combination of that. And I don't see, I don't know, Derek. I don't see many players like we, you know, you know, pop my thumb back in, I'll play, tape it up, uh, you know, all that. I just don't see that anymore. I don't know if we ever will. 
Well, at first I agree with Michael Vick, but the more I start uh, thinking about it, I don't know uh, how serious his injury is. So I, you know, I had to take, I had to backtrack a little bit. Uh, originally I was just going with my old school mentality. If you capable of walking, you try to suit up. Uh, the problem I had with it at first was that I think that uh, if you can play, if you're at 70%, maybe you give it a go and see how you feel. And then you base it off of that. And that was the only problem I had with it. I think he tried first, but the problem, my biggest problem I had with it, he wasn't even at the game. Now that's what told me something else was in, in factoring in like uh, his feelings uh, that they didn't pay him. That's where I came off when I said I didn't uh, agree that I thought he should play. I don't know the situation, but I also know he wanted a lot of money this year and they didn't give it to him. So this might be his way of paying them back. I'm not saying that's it, but there's a lot of things, a lot of different parameters here that uh, some people have to think about. So, um, hey, it's a different era. And, and, and on that same token, RG3 uh, came out and, and, and said that yeah. uh, Robert Griffin III, former uh, Washington quarterback, came out and said, hey, this guy made the right decision. I went out there and he posted a picture of him playing where his leg was turned the wrong way. Uh, trying to play for my team, and I was never the same. So, you know, hey, Ricky, can I say something about that? Yeah, yeah, that's and why. Not I, to cut I'm you off. Calling, not no, to cut you off. Every every situation is different, though. Yeah. So, you know, I understand RG being a quarterback and stepping up for another quarterback because of what happened to him, <laughs> and that's not something that happens every day. But at the end of the day, only Lamar knows uh, and the organization knows what really goes on behind closed doors. I will say this again, though, um, as being a teammate, I need you at the game. If nothing else but support, he could help the quarterback out who was yes. in his place. And that was the biggest problem I had with it. At least be there. And it's kind of like when people got on. You remember Kawhi was sitting up, and Paul still talks about it, and I can't blame him. When Kawhi was sitting up in the booth, away from his team uh, when he had his family with him. If you can yeah. be there and support, the, if you're going to support, support. And you don't support a team from up in the stands or up in the boots. You're down there on the bench with the team because you never know when a one or two words that you say might have a positive impact on the team. Yeah, especially uh, especially like, like basketball. You know, Kawhi could have been on the bench and there could have been a point in the game where so one of his teammates was guarding somebody that he knew, a, you know, he knew a tendency or something. Hey, make sure he doesn't go left, whatever that is. And especially at the quarterback position where you can actually have a headset on, you can talk to the guy and watch video in between when the defense is out there and actually help him go through a process and any, any knowledge you could give to him that can help win the game and help him be better. And it's a damn playoff game. I mean, it's, it's and it could That is so true guys. Because he, he could have been something on the sneak where he tried to reach it over. And I thought that kid played great for his inexperience. I mean, yeah, and that's, where, that's where you need to, like, before that, away, he could say, when you do the sneak, you got to make sure you do this or right. whatever. But here, like, injury wise, here's like when, when, when I played and when we played, if you were injured and you were 50 to 60%. <laughs> What you did is you went out before the game and you and you warmed up and tried it and pushed it a little bit, uh, and then see you know and then if it felt okay, then you went in the game and did the same thing and either it's good or it's bad and you can play or not. Uh, that never happens anymore. If you're not a hundred percent, pretty much in today's game, you're not playing, especially basketball, because they you're you're uh, load management now. You're not even hurt with load management, but. The bottom line is, as athletes, the only person in the world that knows your body is you. Uh, and no doctor and no trainer can tell you, hey, you're, 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 you're hurt, but you're not injured, because only you can say that. Now, only you can tell that and, and know that. But, but along the same lines, I played and Derek's played with guys that are 80%. You know, we're playing. <laughs> And then I play with guys that, unless I'm 100%, I ain't playing. So, you know, take that for yeah. what it's worth. Hey, tell, tell me this, guys. If he has gotten that deal done and has that $200 million contract uh, all settled, you think he'd have went out there? I, I do. I, I if, if, you'd have got, if you'd have had that deal done, I think he would have I mean, 
I mean, he would have leaned towards that. But again, what Derek said is so true. We don't know the situation. We didn't see MRIs. We didn't see X-rays. We didn't see, yeah. you know. So we don't. We don't know. I mean, you know. That, that, Ricky, that's not the, the biggest issue. Is just being there, man. Come on. Yeah. How can you? How can point. you ask? How can yeah. you ask these people for millions and millions of dollars, and then you know you could feel like they kind of messed over you or whatever. I'll say it that way. But now is the time for you to kind of reciprocate and try to do the right thing and show them that you earned the money. It's not well, always and, and, just planned. It's just doing being a part of the team and being a leader. And you don't always have to be on the field to be a leader. And especially with such an inexperienced quarterback. Yeah, just be there. That kid a lot of. Hey, Rick, you know, you, hey, Paul, let me say this quickly. If you look at, like we talk basketball, you, it's the same. If you take Luca off, Ricky, or KD or whoever, the team might do well for three quarters. And then it's the same, they run out of gas in the fourth quarter. That's why I say you needed that extra push. He needs someone to get them over the hump. And that young man needed some assistance. And what better assistance than Lamar Jackson? I'm not even talking about the playing. Just being there to assist your team. Yeah. Yeah, and we, we talk about, you know, the, the contract and the team. How about your teammates? Your, your teammates, your brothers, your teammates. Be there for them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So – that's going to be interesting to see how that uh, that that turns out, and 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 the charges collapse uh, uh, <laughs> Saturday night. Uh, you know, you have twenty-seven or nothing uh, late in the first half. Jacksonville gets a touchdown. They storm back, win the game, thirty-four, thirty-one, and uh, the the charges. I mean, they. And that, that's a that's a choke. Who, who was the charge? Who was the charge's quarterback? Uh, Justin Herbert, supposedly one of the young guys. Yeah, one of the supposedly. So I'm just right. the reason I said that is because you know a lot of people had him at one time over Josh Allen, and I, I've yeah, never I seen mean, I've never seen that. I'm just saying, I'm, Justin Herbert's a really really good quarterback, and I think uh, he has a very high ceiling. But uh, sometimes we anoint these guys a little too soon. A little premature. Yeah. I don't think we're going to hear that conversation after scoring only three points uh, in the second half uh, against Jacksonville. But but after the game, uh, uh, Joey Bolson, the outstanding defensive end of the uh, Chargers, uh, just went off on the referees. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he said he's sick. I said, I'm sick of these effing people. Defensive player of the year can say that, man. <laughs> it cost him though. Cha ching, cha ching. Yeah. And, and and if you see the interview live, he starts out. He says, "Man, I'm trying to be calm about this because I know I'm gonna get fired." Hey, hey, just... hey, uh, hey! I've been a coach for 23 years, and I've gone into I've gone into halftime or even after the game. Okay, we did this. Okay, we're gonna be calm, and then you start talking, and then you get fired up, and then you're like, "Why the?" Yeah. <laughs> it happens all the time. Hey, hey, Ricky, can you believe we're, I'm actually supporting a Buckeye? <laughs> you know how hard that is? <laughs> but, but they, they were up 27 and 9, but he's absolutely right about the call. Oh, he's 100%, he's, he's 100% right about the call, everything. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. For me, I have to take – if I'm taking a Buckeye side, you know he was right. <laughs> so, and, and we've seen, and we've talked about it on this show throughout the course of the year. We've seen very poor officiating in the uh, in the NFL uh, this year. <clears throat> and you know, these are costing people's games, and 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 Mo was talking as we were on there, and in some cases, costing people their jobs. One one what? thing they're talking about. Well, let's make these guys full time. I don't, I don't know if that changes anything, uh, uh, Derek and Paul. Rick, hey, Ricky, you know what scares me the most um, is at some point when you see some of these games and some of these calls or non-calls, it makes people start thinking that other things are going on behind the scenes. And I'll say it. You don't want to start having people thinking that gambling is affecting some of these games. Uh, some of these calls are inexplicable. I mean, you can't even explain. How could you miss that and then not overturn it or whatever it may be? Uh, it's getting old when you, you know, these games are decided by refs and then they come out one or two days later and the NFL or the NBA tells you how we messed up the call. 
that doesn't matter, man. You're affecting people's livelihoods. And so these refs need to be held accountable. Everybody, Peter Goodell, all the, I mean, Roger Goodell, all these guys know what's going on. Uh, they need to start holding these referees accountable before they start hearing fans talking about what's really going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, full-time job, right? You know what the average salary of an uh, NFL ref is? What? $200,000. Damn. The average learned... salary is $200,000 for, uh, what, 20 weeks? Eight, 17 games. I mean, in that full-time job, but but – there's, I think it was Saturday Night Live or something. I don't know if they had uh, Peyton hanging on, banning on, or somebody. And they did a skit about. I think we lost them all. Yeah, we lost Paul temporarily. I, I was anxious to hear what, what the. Uh... Got yeah, a pillow and put it under his head. And it was, okay, that's good. <laughs> hey, hey, Mo, we, we lost you for a second there. You said there was a skit. We we missed your story. We missed your skit. Uh, so I, I think it was Saturday Night Live where they did a, uh, I think it was Peyton Manning, Manning or somebody was on there and, and uh, they did a skit about uh, showing the rules uh, in the NFL about roughing the passer. And uh, they showed a guy like wrap him up and they threw the flag. Nope, that's roughing the passer. Then they had him like placed gently on the ground. Nope, that's roughing the passer. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, we lost more here, but that's true. We kind of know where he was, he was going with that. Uh, yeah, I mean, so so we got issues, and, and, and you're right, D, with the, with the gambling now. And, and just think that once upon a time, the NFL wouldn't touch uh, gambling. Yeah, uh, right. Sports. You don't even want that kind of teams And everybody sponsoring <laughs> shows and... and But think about it, Ricky, even like NBA, we're going to talk about that NBA as well. When you think about it with certain points of the game, you know, teams didn't used to shoot. Right. And then, you know, and then now they take a shot. Sometimes they don't take the shot. It has people thinking like, what's really going on? Because you that last shot might be what affects you winning or losing your bet. Yeah. Hey, and one more thing about the, the, the NFL. You know, this could be Tom Brady's last game in uh, in is. Tampa Bay uh, tonight. If they don't advance, and the way it's going, they are not going to advance if they don't turn things around. But it's still uh, early. wait a minute, too early. Yeah, for it's, that, it's still early. It's still early. Way too early. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, I I hear about these teams wanting Brady for next year. Two teams for Brady. Who are they? For me, I see him playing. I know some people have mentioned the Raiders, and I'm going to say no right away because the Raiders is where Aaron Rodgers will be headed. Yep. Uh, for Brady, for Brady, I see the Colts. That's my number one pick. Or the Carolina Panthers. He fits in very well with either one of those teams, and I can see him making an adjustment as far as moving to those cities during the season and living there. And uh, I just think the Colts fits perfectly for him. Uh He'd be the best thing they had since Andrew Luck, and I really believe that could happen. Wherever he goes, they better have a hell of an offensive line. <laughs> yeah. They better protect him. Yeah, 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 because he, he is not uh, moving around. Uh, that's for sure. And, and, but, and when you get him to move around, he makes bad decisions now. That's the, you got, I told everybody they're going to get him out of the pocket today. I guarantee the Cowboys will win this game. Well, they're, they're looking good right now. Uh, hey. Let's move on to the National Basketball Association. And, and I want to start with the news of Giannis uh, sitting out tonight's game, third straight game. Uh, he's having knee problems. I mean, he's been like a rock so far in his career. <laughs> are you, are you, I know there are obviously concerns when arguably the best player in the league goes down. Uh, what is Milwaukee's status? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, I don't know how serious the knee is, or you know, if it's an ongoing thing. You know, add that to Middleton being out, um, it's a serious problem. So, you know, if it's going to be an ongoing thing, um, you no, know, you're at you're past the halfway point in the season right now. 
Uh, All-Star break is coming up in the third week of February. And, you know, most teams have 15 or 16 games before that, which will put you at about the 60-game mark. So you've got 22 games left after the All-Star break. So as an organization, depending on how bad that knee is, you're deciding, well, should we shut them down for a good two or three weeks and, and do that? Or are we going to get by with, you know, what we are? But what you don't want to do is they're 28-16, uh, and 16, they're third in the East. Uh, you know, the, you got to stay in top five. Uh, Indiana is at 23 and 22. So even without Giannis, mm-hmm. if Middleton can come back, I think they can hold that spot. But you're really evaluating because you need Giannis, obviously, to make any run at it. So you need to go with the best plan that will have him ready for the last 20 games of the season in the playoffs, no matter what that is. Well, as you know, all season, I haven't believed in the Bucs, and I continue to not believe in them. I just don't think they're as good a team this year as they were uh, last year, and I don't think they're as good as they were two years ago. Um, And to be frank, they haven't been the same since Chris Middleton went to uh, the Olympics. And, of course, he's been in and out the lineup since then. So I just don't see them as a – I have them right now as the fourth, maybe fifth best team in the East. And I think it's going to continue the rest of the season. I just think they're a good team. Uh, Grayson Allen, I don't think, is the answer uh, as a starter. And I just think they're a team that's ready to be had this year. Um, I'm hoping Giannis will be able to be healthy for the rest of the season and come back. Uh, but, of course, they'll be a team that will still be dangerous in the playoffs. But I, I don't see them coming out of the East even. I don't even picture them being in the Eastern Conference Finals. And that's, that's what I see. That's what I've seen all year. Yeah, to get Grayson Allen out of the starting spot, Middleton has to come back. And then that's what moves him over, yeah. Even with Middleton, I don't like them this but year. I, hey, man, I, I, the thing is getting Giannis healthy. Yeah. Hey, Ricky, doesn't he remind you of Giannis from two years ago, though? Like the mental issues, the free throw line and all that kind of stuff. The Giannis before they won yeah, the championship. Yeah, well, that's what I look at, the little stuff. That's the team that I see. And that, that's not a team that's good enough to win the championship. You just kind of slipped back. So, and, and you know, with the trade de- deadline coming up, it's going to be interesting to see what these teams to do to fortify themselves. But, you know, Milwaukee can't fortify Giannis. They just got to get him healthy. And, and man, because I love watching that guy play. I, I, I hope he can get Yes, sir. You hate to see injuries to any of those, uh, any player, and, and especially the great players, just because you you enjoy watching them. Uh, it's, all, it's all about timing, too. It's all about timing. Yeah. Like I said, Giannis, if they have to shut him down now and bring him back a month before the season ends, it's all about timing. Chris Paul uh, gets hurt uh, right before the final, you know, finals camp through finals. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard gets hurt, you know, all that. It's about timing, too, of injuries. And, and uh, there's never a great time for a player to get injured. But the earlier in the season, the better chance of making a run in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking over here at Denver and Memphis, both at 30 and 13. Uh, are they really the best two teams in the West? Mm, go ahead, Paul. I mean, I've said it all along. The West is the wild, wild West. Uh, there's 10 teams that could do damage in the playoffs. But the more the season goes on, the more I'm on, you know, Derek's called this out early, early with the Nuggets. And the more they play and the more I see them play, the Nuggets are starting to come to the top and rise to the top as the team to beat in the West, even though. There's teams that are just, you know, uh, the Nuggets are 30 and 13 and Memphis is 29 and 13. So they're really close. But the way the Nuggets play, you know, Joker, obviously, uh, Murray being back. Uh, we lose Paul. We, we lost Paul. And, and, and he's, he's speaking of Memphis. They just went to 30 and 13. They and 30 and 13. One bag. One bag, shake them up and see what comes out. And the thing that's really, um, that's going to really, uh, really happening in the West is the Suns. 
the Suns went from fourth to eleventh. Yeah, they're eleventh now, and yeah. uh, I'll I'll predict this too. Um, the former walk-on at Michigan State, who owns a uh, mortgage company, uh, is in the process of buying the Suns. And uh, if he does buy the Suns, then uh, he will hire um, the Michigan State coach uh, to coach him next year after this debacle of the uh, season. Tom Izzo? Yep, absolutely. I'm calling it right now, right now. I, I, think, I think Izzo will be a disaster. He could be, but that doesn't matter. They're going to pay him $50 million and he's going to do it. Watch. Because he's, he's going to play. Those, those guys are tight. The guy sits next to him on no, the bench. No, there's no doubt about that. No doubt about that. He played for him. He was on that 2000. Yeah, uh, yeah. but he's going to be in a rude awakening. Okay, here, here's your team. There's Chris Paul, who's old and ornery. And, and there's Aiden, who doesn't want to be there. And there's oh Booker, who wants to take every shot. There you go. Good luck. Now, 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 and then I, I want your thoughts on this because you're very familiar with the state program anyway. I, I, I Izzo is a hell of a coach. I, I covered him. Uh, I covered that 2000 uh, uh, national title team with Mateen Cleese, the point guard. He was like a coach on the floor. Uh, what a great team, great defensive team. And Izzo was you know, leading the way there, building that program. I just cannot see him dealing with him. <laughs> I can't see them dealing with him either, Ricky, at this point. Izzo's had some challenges over the last few years. Um, he doesn't have the, the great mark, stainless mark that he had a few years ago. Um, and I just don't think he it'll work out well. I don't think he'd do bad as John Beeline, but... <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's a move he would even. I can't even see him making that move. Honestly, I don't think he's the type of coach who would go from uh, college to the pros. I don't think he has the patience for that. But but yeah, you I, know what? I I kind of agree with Mo because Israel will offer him. Hey Mo, hey is you want to do this? He may turn it down, but I think he will go to him. Oh, he'll get offered without a question. No, yeah, it'd be more than one team. that will be more yeah. than one team. Because he party, he parted with it with the Hawks. Yeah, I've already mentioned the Hawks. You just see, there you go. Yeah, that team. Yeah, believe. Yeah, I think his might be smart enough to. But, 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 Mo, why is that? Great college coaches got John Beeline, excellent coach. Terry Tarkanian. Why, Terry Tarkanian. why is that not? Because, why does that not happen, guys? You, you, you made. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, pull you out on this, uh, Ricky. You made a false statement. You said uh, Tom Izzo is a great, uh, great coach. Tom Izzo is a great college coach. We have no idea what kind of NBA coach he is. Right, yeah. Two sure. different worlds. And uh, I, I, uh, Izzo's been offered jobs before. I have talked to Izzo about 10 years ago, uh, and he asked me that question about the difference between NBA coaching and college coaching. I told him to stay in college and pointed out some of the things. But at this point, with that certain owner, he's going to get offered a job, and he's going to take the job. Watch. Yeah, yeah, because he's going to obviously he would have a, a, a lot more leeway. And, and D, why, why your thoughts on why the college coaches don't translate a lot of times? That now, Larry Brown did it. Well, the, well, the, is, the times have changed, though. You got to, this is about relating to these players. This is, it's different relating to them now than when you related back in our day. Uh, you spent more time with the players, you were around them more. Uh, there were more team activities, I'll say. Today, you got social media. You can't get guys off their phones. I mean, it, it's just a, a different time. So a lot of these guys, they don't even respect players in the league. So why are they going to respect coaches, uh, especially a coach that they really not familiar with? Um, these, this is not the study era, Ricky. This is the talk era. So a lot of young people, they don't study the history of these players of the league and all that kind of stuff like we've studied. But it's so it's just a different time. How do you relate to these guys? You got some very sensitive players now. How would you deal with a Ben Simmons? I mean, <laughs> how would you deal with a James Harden? These guys is making all that money. So the coach comes in, he's already one strike down. Uh, but if they were to get Izzo an opportunity, he probably maybe he would take it. I, maybe he would think that I would think it, Paul. But I'm telling me this: if he were to take the job, you know, it wouldn't be something he was really interested in long term. 
Well, number number one, the difference between college and NBA coaching is two things. In college, the head coach is the face and the final say of the program. End of story. They make more money than the players, even with the new new system that happened. They run the program. They tell a player to leave practice and get the hell out of here. You're off my team. That's what's happened. In the NBA, the players are the face of the team. Ain't no, nobody is Darvin Ham. They're all LeBron James and who else? And all those players make more than you as a head coach. And you can tell them to get out of your gym and you're off the team and practice and they can tell you to in right, better words, go, ahead, Paul, go, jump in, go jump in a lake. And I ain't going to know go. where you are. And uh, you know, so that, that's why it's totally different. And uh, that's why, you know, a lot of co- most college coaches, you can name less than one hand how many college coaches have been successful in the NBA. And, and one of them is uh, uh, Larry Brown, who I, I saw yesterday. Uh, the other one is uh, Brad Stevens in Boston. He did a good job. But, uh, you know, I mean, over the, over the, yeah. the you know. Rick, Ricky, Ricky. It's pitcher, a different pitcher, world. Pitcher, pitcher Woody Hayes on the sideline today. <laughs> that Bobby, that Bobby Knight stuff is played yeah. out. Yeah. So when it's, now I'm talking, that's college. So when you're talking about the pros, man, it's a whole different animal there. So, um, yeah, it's just a totally different approach you have to have. Patience you have to have to be a coach in the NBA today. Lots of patience. And here, if, if I could talk to Izzo and he would talk about that and decide that, I'd say if you're going to do that, one thing you got to do, you need to be bas- president of basketball operations also. So you bring in who you want to bring in. You have control over everything, uh, much like Popovich has in San Antonio. Uh, but most coaches don't have that power anymore. He, he, he would with get that, that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he with that owner, that that new owner that played for him, and he would get that, and that would be something that. And then the second thing I would say is, you know, all those college coaches you have on your bench, get rid of them, because you need to hire coaches that have been in the NBA, that know the system, know players, and can help you make that transition. Hire Patrick Ewing because it looked like he's on his way out of Georgetown. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <he> <laughs> and, and George, Georgetown, you know, I was pulling for Patrick today. They had Villanova. Uh, let him get away. His team played hard. Uh, they, Ricky, they haven't won a conference game since 2021. I know. Yeah. I think that's about 30 straight. 29 or something, or 30 in a row. 29, 30 straight. They were down one with the ball. And the guy just fumble. It just Murphy's yeah. law, my man. Murphy's yeah, law. The guy goes down, so they, they go up three uh, uh, to lose it. Hey, but then Jonathan Phoenix would definitely be there. Think about Monty Williams, coach of the year, what, two years ago, three years ago? It doesn't so, matter. Man. Coaches, well. of the year, coaches of the year get fired mm-hmm. the next year all the time. Yeah. Just go talk. Uh, we lost long. I think he's gonna say go well, talk to Dwayne Casey. Well, I was gonna say Casey because you can look at him, <laughs> coach of the year. They, he's not fired yet, but a whole lot of people in Detroit want him gone. So, this yes, is what have you done for me lately? Yeah, uh, absolutely. And the Suns, they started the season off so well, they've lost three straight and nine of ten. Ricky, I don't, and, and they've got so much money invested in, uh, uh, uh. The point guard, Chris Paul. But, you know, they could make a deal, and that's still say they, they have a deal out there. Um, and I'll, to me, the perfect player that fits in their system is Julius Randle. Um, he brings a toughness. He, uh, you, you replaced him with Torrey Craig is who they have in that spot right now. So you know for yourself, would you rather have Torrey Craig or Julius Randle? Uh, he brings toughness to their team, uh, and that's what they're missing. Aiden's a very good player, but Aiden's kind of a soft guy. And if you look at it, who is their enforcer? They don't have one. And Julius Randle also brings points. They have pro- they have trouble putting points on the board. So I just think he can help their team tremendously. I really do. Yeah, it just depends on what, what you have to give up for him, I guess. Well, uh, give, at this point, give up Cam Johnson who, and whoever else, whatever. You figure it yeah, out. But- the Knicks will be going, no, thank you. <laughs> the Knicks are in seventh spot. The Knicks are in seventh 25 spot. 25 and 20. 25 they're, and 20. Yeah, they're in seventh spot right now. 
tell, tell me this, Julius Randle just came to Detroit and torched him for 42 last night. He's probably averaging 35 a game against the, the, the Pistons. Every time he sees them, he lights them up. Did you guys have teams that you just always seem to play well against? <laughs> and, and, and you see that happen. What What is that? Hey, Ricky, I like playing against Charlotte, I, I, especially in their gym. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe it was because my wife's family uh, was from Charlotte and she's born and raised in Charlotte, but I just enjoy playing against them. Um, and then in their gym, it just those rims were shooters' rims. And man, I, I couldn't wait to, uh, to get there. So that would be the gym for me playing against the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, I think all players had someone, some players they were comfortable with playing against, some places they were playing against. Uh, you know, there's just a comfort level there, maybe some past success. I, I'm, you know, God rest his soul, but I always love playing against Moses Malone because I kind of, I, I don't know, maybe because I practiced against him for a whole year as a rookie. You know, but, uh, you know, all, all players, that, that happens to all players. Paul, where are you catching most of the time on, on Moses? On the post or at the top of the, at the free throw area? So, because I know he's not going to come out. You? Oh, yeah. Pick and pop. Pick yeah, and that's pop. what I figured. That's what I figured, yeah. I, I would love to pick and pop, and I would hear uh, Parrish, Moses, Ewing. Uh, I would hear them in the, as they trying to close out to me going, oh, shit. <laughs> that's what I, well, I, I didn't, that's what I figured you would do to him every because I know he's not going to come yep. out. Hey, just, just an update: uh, Cowboys up eighteen zero at uh, halftime over the uh, over the Bucks. How, uh, uh, so they missed another extra point. I, I didn't see it, but I think they may have gone for two. And, oh, and miss. Okay. Oh, you know, if they miss, if they missed another one, you know he's getting cut at halftime. Yeah, he, he can't even there. get on the plane to go back to Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. go get yeah, the, go get the backup quarterback and put him some shoes on. Yeah, they're outside the locker room. See if everybody can kick the ball. <laughs> <laughs> try out, try out hey. at halftime. You a kicker in high school? Come here. Uh, oh, oh they're doing the CBA stuff. You try out and out. <laughs> hey, Ricky, let me say wow. this quickly to the fans. Uh, the CBA, which is now like the G League, right? Yeah. You might honestly see it. And the CBA is a type of league that you might see a guy in the hallway, like getting a, a Coke or something. And he might have a bounce, like six, seven, six, eight. <laughs> and have on his gym shoes and stuff, you might ask him to go ahead and do a little trial run up and down the hallway to see if you can sign him before the second half starts. Hell, so that's yeah. some of the funny stuff that goes on in sports. You might do that at the Chicago airport where all CBA teams flew through, and there'd be yeah. four or five CBA teams. Trades were made all the time in the Chicago airport. Yeah. <laughs> but as the coach in the CBA, you might see some guy – Hey, you look like you're six nine. Here, jog up and down here. Let me see. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mo. I, 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 before we get out of here, I do want to make sure we talk about uh, your trip back to Kansas, man. Uh, the celebration of Kansas basketball uh, over the weekend. Talk to us about that. Yeah, it's a special weekend. It's a 125 year anniversary of Kansas basketball. We're one of the oldest. Why he's frozen? I want y'all to think yeah, we, about this. 1897. 1897 is the institution start. We'll, we'll get we'll get more when we come. I think we got it back. Right. Start again, Mo. Where again. did I cut off? Uh, just going back to Kansas. Yeah. So 125 year anniversary of Kansas basketball. One of the oldest programs. Uh, James Naismith invented the game. He coached here. Um, it was amazing to see some of the coaches of the past. Let's see some pretty good names. Uh, uh, Roy Williams, uh, um, Larry Brown, my coach, Ted Owens, uh, and now, um, you know, the current coach is uh, doing a great job, Bill Yourself. Self. But, yeah, but we had over 200 players, trainers uh, uh, back for the, for the uh, anniversary. We had a great um, cocktail party. It's amazing. He goes out right on the cocktail. I know all the all the good punchlines. 
And thank all of you for tuning in once again. Our, the yeah. show is continuing yeah. to grow. Our fan we, base we lost you right at the cocktail party, Mo. Yeah, at the cocktail party on Friday, told a lot of lies and had old stories. And then uh, went to the game on Saturday. They beat Iowa State by two. Great game. And uh, we were introduced at halftime. All 200 of us on the floor at one time. And uh, then we had a great banquet that night. Um, just a great, um, you know, it, it's great to be part of a family. Uh, as Derek and I know, you know, the NBA family and you know, this this guy right here. Was... <laughs> Big fella. <laughs> I it's wonder if you got that post up. I wonder if you got that post up on that one, Mo. Oh, of course. Man, they probably didn't Let me see that before. again, Paul. I thought you was Artist Gilmore at first. Let me see that again. The frozen full effect, man. <laughs> they probably wow. didn't pass me the ball. But you know what? Not only having the players back and teammates and uh, I never saw so many old men get so many big hugs, you know, um, you know, people you hadn't seen for years and also the families there, you know, wives and, and even kids. And it's just a special feeling. You know, I'm a kid from California and came to Kansas and became part of this family. And, uh, you know, somebody said at the banquet, uh, you know, when I was recruited here, the coach said, you're not going to be, a, uh, a, you're not going to be a KU basketball player for four years. You're going to be a Jayhawk for life. And that's kind of what this whole weekend was about. Paul, you know I have a Gerd, there's a Gervin playing on the football team, as you know, on the Kansas, uh, the young man, and he loves it in Kansas. And uh, I'm glad to hear that. So he talks very highly of the team, um, and he, he just likes where he likes the environment. So that makes me happy. So It's a classic uh, college town. That's why, you know, I, I could have gone to UCLA. I could have gone to a lot of places. But when I visited Kansas, you know, Allen Fieldhouse, there is no building, I'm telling you, no building like it. And I've had people from Duke and all that say, you're right, there is a, you know, the atmosphere, the feeling, um, you know, being in the stands and hearing it, it was so loud in there uh, to be part of that. And then uh, at halftime, I uh, I got to half court and then I, I did a panoramic view with my camera of, of all the people. And uh, it's just a special, you know, there's certain uh, milestones in your life that, uh stand out in 125 years of Kansas basketball is one of them for me. Hey, hey Mo, has Lawrence changed much and the campus changed much? <laughs> the campus is, oh, there's so many more buildings and, and so much more going. You know what? The, the town has not changed that much, but the campus has with all these buildings and research centers and, and all of this stuff. It's uh, We didn't recognize it at first. I, you know, I went by my my old dorm where I, I live. Uh, my wife, Linda, went by the old uh, sorority house. And, you know, we could find those, but there's so many buildings around it. But it's still, when you get on campus, you know, where you went and big part of your life, it still really hits you in your heart. And uh, it brings back a lot of memories, and especially when you go back with teammates and telling stories about eight-track players and you know, all this stuff. And <laughs> And, and, and Dean, when when you go to UTSA, when you when you walk in there, Jim, you it has to be special every time you walk in there and you look up and see your name hanging from the. Uh, well, uh, that part still, of there. Do you get a chill every time? I get a chill every time, Ricky. Um, I, I man, I, it, it leaves me breathless. But on the other side, it kind of breaks my heart because when I go to the games, uh, they're not full. And, you know, we need a new gym at this point. Our uh, gym is outdated. And so I'm hoping that that's something that they fix in uh, the near future. But, I mean, to get a jersey retired, I'm hoping that Kansas finally gives in. I'm hoping Paul's jersey – Paul, Paul, your jersey retired? No. I, I, well, we got a petition then. So, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> when I look up – yeah, you look up there and there's Will Chamberlain and JoJo White and Danny Manning and – you know, it's like, you know, I don't well, remember they say impact, Paul, not just your, your skills, your impact, right? Yeah, I mean, so, that yeah, would be so something. Just, just take the, yeah, just take the compliment, man. You belong yeah. up there. But, but Ricky, yeah, I mean, I mean, for, for me, for sure. Um, my mom was alive when, at the time when I when I got my jersey retired. So, of course, that's yeah. going to always be a special moment for sure. But I'm just hoping uh, that we, in the future we continue to uh, upgrade the facilities so we can catch up to our football team. Um, because we started off with basketball. There was no football. And now football is uh, the highlight of our uh, sports 
of the at the school right now. So I'm hoping that's something that they address very soon. Yeah, of course you're in Texas, so you know football is. Woo. Well, I don't mind us being second, being second fiddle, but I just mind. I want to see us upgrade so that we can get our name on the on the um, map, just like the football team. You know, I don't expect us to compete with the uh, Dukes and the North Carolinas, but I expect us to start getting a better, uh, a broader scope of young people that are coming from all over the country that know, you know, not just coming from particular places. I want people to want to reach out and go to UTSA. And that's, you know, so we still have a little ways to go. Hey, hey guys, we just got a, a, a few more minutes left here. And, and, and actually, is, is there anything that, that you wanted to touch on before we got out of here? Because I do have something I want to bring back. Yeah, I can I say something quickly? Yeah. Uh, and it's sad. A young man from uh, the Alabama football team. Darius Miles, yes. Uh, yes, that's been accused of uh, capital murder, man. That breaks my heart. And as you know, I write a lot on Facebook about athletes behaving. And it seems it could be a, just a trend that's headed in the wrong direction, Ricky. We keep hearing it week after week after week. Athletes making bad choices. And I'm talking about serious choices that can affect their lives and their families' lives. So I'm sending my prayers out to the, to the young lady that was killed and to uh, both families. And I'm just hoping that these athletes start to get the picture, man. It only takes one second to blow something that could be so special for you and your families. Yeah, I mean... Four other people were shot, and there's another person that was involved in that. And the, the problem is, and we've talked about this before, to the, uh, too many kids and young kids, athletes or whoever, whatever, are solving little altercations, BS altercations with gunfire. That's ridiculous. You, ki <laughs> you kill someone, injure them, and then your life is messed up for life. And also, it's so silly, so ridiculous. You know, I, I think about my college days, and this is the, the stuff we did. We stole water balloons off the, off the window when people were coming in. Silly, silly stuff, Ricky. Yeah. People, today people can't, it's like they can't rationalize, man. You talk to people and, they, they, you know, you just can't have a conversation. It's like hey, you have to resort to violence. And that's, that's an animalistic mentality, man. And I'm hoping it changes. I just don't get it. You're going to shoot someone. How is that going to make your life better? And how is that going to make your family and the other family's life better? So we need yeah. to think more uh, before. And once again, notice what time it was. You're out there at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. even out you know, there. I, I think I, I saw some graphic over the weekend. They were talking about uh, Alabama receivers. And I saw Henry Ruggs there. Who was just yeah, fantastic? Another, another tragedy. Yeah, and this guy's sitting in, in 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 jail, about to go to prison, man. He, he killed him. He killed a mother. Yeah. He killed a mother by going 160 miles an hour on a side street. Yeah. Ridiculous! It's ridiculous. And while he was drunk, it's ridiculous. Yeah, just all that, all that, just thrown away. That young lady's life just taken uh, uh, needlessly. Hey, but I did have one more question going back to an earlier conversation. We were talking about college coaches not translating to the NBA. We know uh, uh, Mike Krzyzewski could have coached an uh, NBA team if he uh, ever wanted to pursue that, which he never did. But he did coach the dream team and he was able to do that successfully. But yeah, and this is my question. Is that any correlation there? Why does that work? Or was that team so good? I could have coached. <laughs> well, Chuck, Chuck Daly coached the dream team, right? And, and uh, Coach K uh, uh, coached the redeemed team. The redeemed um, yeah, team. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, uh, Coach K, I think, has a special relationship with special. And by him doing that and coaching pros, would have led him to an easy transition into NBA, I believe. But that's not guaranteed either. So we, we don't know that. I, I think it would be. But I think it would only be because of the success he had with Kobe's and all those guys in the uh, Olympics, uh, which lend, lends himself to that. 
Well, it would have been interesting to see Coach Suchewski, uh, but I think he was smart enough. And, and once again, back to patience. I don't think he had the patience to be dealing with that kind of stuff. He's not exactly 40, 50 years old anymore. And so you have to factor that in as well with some of these coaches um, dealing with these really young players. you got some veteran coaches uh, dealing with 18-year-olds. And, you know, sometimes it's not um, the easiest thing to do. Uh, you, you have to be very sensitive to these guys' feelings today. Uh, I think there's a lot of factors why some of these really great coaches from college won't come to uh, the NBA. But the biggest thing is, like Paul said, you don't have the power that you had in uh, college. In the NBA, you're not getting that 10-year contract like Mr. Fisher, Jimbo Fisher, and these guys, and Nick Saban. In uh, high in the pros is what have you done for me lately? And I think these coaches recognize that. In in the college, you pick your players, right? In college, you pick your players. In the NBA, you don't pick your players unless you're Popovich. The general manager picks your players. You don't pick them. You have a say, but you don't pick them. So that's a big difference. And I guarantee you, we were just talking about NBA coaches of the year that get fired a year or two after their coach of the year. I guarantee there, there's no college coach of the year got fired within two years of uh, getting coach of the year, NCAA coach of the year. They got raises and they got bumped up to different jobs, but they never got fired. In the NBA, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and especially with this, this commitment to so many young players uh, getting drafted. Because, Mo, you say it all the time. You draft him. I ain't gonna be around when he's a good player. I don't the, yeah, you draft this 17, 18 year old, this 18 year old. By the time he can play in the league, we're gonna be gone. It's gonna be a whole yeah. new coaching staff here. And hey, you know, hey, Ricky, let me say this quickly. Uh, yesterday I saw on Facebook someone was asking, you know how they put those posts on there about NBA. Someone was asking, could Carl Malone be effective in this era? And I'm like, man, Carl Malone had these kids out there literally crying on the court. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on. Man. That's ridiculous. That's so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, hey, man, this has been a, a great hour. Uh, it's now uh, Cowboys got it first and goal at the four-yard line. But, hey, Ricky, remember now, I, I've been bragging on the Cowboys all year. At the beginning of the year, I said they would win 12 games. Um, I think they're going to still do well. Um, I think this is going to be their last win, but I did predict they win tonight. But I got to say this quickly: Buffalo Bills. Hey, hey, let's take let's take a look before we get out of here. I know we're we're right at ten o'clock. You have Dallas going to uh, San Francisco uh, next week. Too early for that. And and the Giants going to yeah, I could be right there. No, Giants will be going to Philly. I think Philly has to be careful because the Giants know them very well. And they beat us hard to beat a team three times. So Buffalo Bengals, right? That should be a good game. That's going. That'll be the game of the weekend uh, uh, yeah. next week. And then I Mike hate to see Joe. Hey, Paul, you think? But even though he's going out early, Joe Burrow has ascended to one of the, easily one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's chasing, uh, you know, uh, Mahomes in Kansas City. So, who's number one? Yeah, <laughs> and he's got Mahomes' number. But Chiefs are going to be tough. That They're going to be tough. I'm looking forward. I'm looking Ricky. forward to seeing a Buffalo-Kansas City rematch. Who, who do the Chiefs play next week? Jaguar. I know. Yeah. Because if I remember yeah. us talking on our last show last week, I told you guys that the Jaguars were going to be the team that we're going to be playing the Chiefs. And I said, watch out, Styles make games. So if the Jaguars were to win that game, don't be surprised at all. Uh, right. Where are they? Is that the neutral site thing or? No. No, oh, that'll be oh, Buffalo, no. Cincinnati. They got to go to Kansas City. Uh, but Buffalo, Cincinnati, is that? No, Buffalo, site? Kansas City would be the neutral site. I'm sorry. Buffalo, Kansas oh, City would be the neutral site. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay yeah. 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 Hey, well, we're going to get out of here. Thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next Monday. Don't forget, you can check us on Believe.com, B-L-E-A-D.com. Hey, I'm glad you had such a great time in Kansas, Mo. Safe travels back home. 
with Derek Gervin, Paul Mokeski, and Rick Hampton. Peace. Mar Martin Luther King, we love you. Have, I love you guys. Have a good night. All right. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.